नमस्कार टू ऑल लवली सुपर मदर्स वेलकम टू सुपर मदर अनलिस्ट In this episode I'm going to have a conversation with a super mother and a parenting coach and a an author and her name is Wendy Victorus. She brings awareness and healing to the dynamics present in our current parenting paradigm and helps parents and children shift to a more balanced loving and authentic connection. So Wendy, welcome to my show. Oh, it's so lovely to be here Soma. Thanks so much for having me. Wow, that's amazing. So before proceeding that, your nature of work helps parents to make healthy lifestyle choices. What strikes in your mind to become a parenting coach? If you can share your life story. Sure. What a good question. There's a lot of things that have gone into this. Um it's really my work has been an evolution of how I can best help others having learned through my own living of life really and i've worked with families since early on in my career as a registered dietitian with the wick program and in my own private practice so i have used that i really learn by growing and i love to learn and grow and in addition to being a certified coach i blend multiple modalities that i've trained in to best meet the needs of the people i work with so The other pieces I really come by this sensitive empathic kid path honestly and waiting I I chose to wait to become a parent myself I didn't realize it but I was creating my program as we raised our kids and again you know through my own exploration and learning about being a highly sensitive empath I also really felt a drive to bring more of my experience to help other children and families and for children to really be able to know and act freely as themselves from a young age for there to be a congruence between the parents and the children and really there can be a lot of misunderstandings that get internalized and understood differently and my intention is really to help be a force for good and empower families to be the highest versions of themselves which i know to be possible and since i know from my own experience that as a child i would often feel things that others didn't or that other people didn't want to talk about i would internalize that and i felt different and misunderstood a lot and it had really nothing to do with what other people it was it, this was part of my process and so i internalized and felt like something was wrong with me and learned to distrust my intuition and this is part of what fuels me because what i share as a parent coach is really to help parents them help themselves and in doing that they help their children because everyone can be the highest version of themselves and in working with families i help with a variety of aspects for healthy living and it can involve physical mental emotional and spiritual aspects and it also can include the parental relationship so not just with their children but with each other because there's so much that can come from that relationship as well you know really when we when we partner we partner to learn and to grow as well as having children and it it's really a, such a beautiful opportunity to see ourselves 
and to learn and to grow and keeping it in that in that realm and in the realm of being a gift that it, it really helps to raise that vibration and raise the perception really of what's happening. And I believe that the kids that are being born now really, they have some innate understanding of that because they've really come as teachers to help us as parents and human beings grow into ourselves. And it's like this dual beauty of a relationship because they're helping to lead our planet and then they're helping us grow into ourselves so that we all can grow together and really lead the planet in new and exciting ways. So it's, it's, I, I hope that that gives a little bit of a, of a background or understanding. That's, that's a major understanding, which has to be there between everybody in the family. That's true. Yeah. It's really a gift. So what do you feel? What are the major challenges nowadays parents are facing with their kids? Well, that's such another good question. You know, we, <laughs> as we're doing this, such an amazing pivotal time being a part of a pandemic. Uh, yeah. And for many, you know, for many parents, it's, it's hard enough to be a parent and to go through all the, all the challenges. And, you know, this is opening up other aspects. And so really parents are, many parents are really feeling like it's a pressure cooker right now. Yes. <laughs> Every parents. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It's like, um, very challenging. And, you know, even if you're seeing it as a, as a, an opportunity for growth, there are still things that we are being shown to really grow and change from. And so whether you are a single parent or you're in a couple, yeah. it, people are just feeling really stretched. And yes. it brings up a lot of different dynamics uh, with juggling. You know, many are either chose to do homeschooling instead of returning their children to remote school so that is a new experience for them or they're, they're challenged by learning how to do that or they're challenged by helping their children with the remote schooling and have concerns about them being on the computers a lot or what else is happening with that while they're on the computers for schooling. But in the in-between times, if parents are working during that time, they're feeling concerned about what else their children are exposed to with that. Uh, they're also scared about COVID and how to talk about that with their children or or just their own concerns as parents of possibly contracting it and all of the all of the talk about that. Um, they're they're also concerned about how it relates for their kids and family with their with their loved ones. You know, if if families are choosing not to see their loved ones, there's a lot of stress around that and sadness and grief and, and also for the children to not see grandparents or for the grandparents to really not see them. There's there's so many things. Uh, I'm going to continue because so there's so many different things, but you can yeah. talk. Yeah, I, I because I think so. this COVID scenario, every parents would love to, you know, listen from you. And my listeners would love to actually dig into that key, what you're talking about, those differences, those, those mental stability at home between parents and the kids. And working from home, parents and, you know, juggling between those homeschooling and their work is actually, you know, getting a tough time for every everyone. 
It is. It really is. And then it's the balance of the financial piece, too, of, you know, some some parents have chosen that one parent will stay home now to help with the remote schooling, but then that affects the finances. But, you know, people are making these choices based on what really their priorities and what works for them. But also some people have lost jobs due to the, yes. due to the pandemic. And then that you know, they really need the jobs and they really need the income. And then it creates more frustration with, you know, being around for the remote schooling and having this combination of being grateful for that and being able to be grateful with their families that they can be with them. And the other side of it, of having the frustration and the and the stress really of, of having income and being able to support their families in other ways and being feeling kind of stuck, you know, with needing to work, but also having kids at home and feeling like they're they're sort of failing at both and they're not really sure which, you know, it's like they they are going from one place to the other and it's really a time of of just like in in the world, people feel kind of anxious or not at peace or at, at rest. They're sort of feeling like that a little bit at home too of, of you know, how can I be a, both a working parent and tend to my kids and, and you know, deal with the relationship issues with my spouse and everyone mm-hmm. sort of feeling a little bit more stressed yeah. or partner, you know, whether they're married or not, but living together, uh, you know, there's just, there's, a, there's really a lot and people are also the food piece, which I know you talk a lot about too, of, you know, people are, are creating different scenarios, talking about people gaining weight because they're home so much and they're Mm. eating more and stress eating and not necessarily eating from a more healthy place. And, you know, and yet, you know, all of this to say that there are all these challenges and, and also there's, you know, to really reframe it in an opportunity and again, the opportunity for growth and to, to really be able to be kind to ourselves and to our children and to really use that as an opportunity too. with all that is going on. It's super easy to go into the, the, what I would call like a stress vortex where you're on hyper alert and it's really easy. You know, there's a lot of reasons to be having that happen right now and i think the opportunity is still there to to do it in a way that can feel a little bit more peaceful uh through 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 the lessons of it all so lots yeah. of things lovely lovely this this digging inside and talking about this kind of issues and uh, those you know balancing things is just lovely uh, you know like my listeners would love to listen this so wendy uh, you are also a mother of two kids How's that journey? Yeah. If you can share yeah. that motherhood journey with my listeners. Oh, of course. Well, I really, I love being a mom. It really, yeah, it's it's my greatest joy. And becoming a mom really changed my life. And yeah, it really did. And it has grown me in so many ways. It's changed the nature of my business. Like I said, I was doing things a while, a long time before I was a mom, working with WIC, kind of working with families in different ways. But, you know, when I became a mom, I really, it just, it changed even more. And uh, yes, my kids, I have, I have a 14-year-old son and I have a daughter who's 12. And, you know, it's like yesterday, I look at the pictures and everything of when they were little and I just, I can feel all the ages and I've loved all the different ages and what's come with it. Mm-hmm. And 
it's really, I've seen it as a gift. It's not always easy. And it's also just, it's such a gift. And I see them as teachers and they being in my life, just their presence has made me want to be the best version of myself, which really is part of what, you know, I've shared earlier too, of, of it really catapulted something even deeper within me. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's been a beautiful, a beautiful thing. And, you know, even with that, so my husband and I, we waited a, a while. We were oh. married for, for about eight years before we had kids. Oh. And yeah, it was, huh. it was so much so that like when I told True. my parents, I remember huh. I, when I told them that we were pregnant, they were so shocked because <laughs> they thought we weren't going to have kids. Yeah. So I remember their faces and yeah, it, it was so, so really, you know, I was considered at the time more of a quote older parent mm-hmm. while I was going through pregnancy and we it it was partly a choice you know too of of doing things in our life and wanting to do things before having kids um and do healing but the the truth is too is that you you're never you know no matter when you're doing it you're never really you're always going to be growing you're not, it's like people think oh I'm going to be quote ready and we, you know, we are brought what we need when we need it. And so, and, and the other thing that I, that I like to share kind of along with that is that I'm a person who is really interested in a more natural birth and yeah. And, and I, there was another plan in store for, for me. And, you know, that was, so starting with that process, uh, it was suggested that I not labor Okay. Uh, due, yeah, due to a previous surgery that I had had, oh, and they were concerned okay. that our tissue might cause rupture if mm-hmm. I had labored. And so, this, you know, starting with this journey, you know, it was so much learning because I really was so determined. I was turning over every stone. I contacted um, Ina May, who you may be familiar with. She's, um, a very well-known midwife. And so I was, I'm like, I'd be willing to go there if she would deliver these baby. Mm-hmm. Um, but when she said, no, I, I finally really surrendered to this being what was the plan. And I made it special and I asked for what I needed. And I even changed doctors at eight months pregnant because the other situation I had been in didn't feel right. And, you know, I, I, I love telling this story because again, you know, I think it's just, it, it shares that what we think or what we want or what we as moms, what we feel we know or we want, or we want to make happen, you know, sometimes there's just a bigger plan in store. And these are such beautiful opportunities to grow and change ourselves. And that to trust in our children, knowing that on some level, that they came knowing that. And how can we step up to that in a different way? And so instead of feeling, you know, really disempowered or feeling, um, you know, it's still important to feel all of our feelings, of course, and to also take the take it as an opportunity as we're moving through that of what are we learning and how are we growing ourselves? And what can what can this lead to later? And so, you know, if if any of your listeners ever are experiencing that, I'm I'm happy to share. I call it my birth by special opening, and both of our children were born that way. Wow! And 
Yeah, yeah. And and it's, you know, this happened early on. So, I mean, you know, you can, these are just some examples of how much I love being a mom and how much it's changed and grown me. And, you know, being, quote, an older parent, <laughs> uh, I, was, I was 38 and 40 when we had our children. You know, it's still in my in my understanding of my life. I don't think of that as old in the community. Uh-huh. Uh, that that still is thought of as oh, you might be higher risk or old. And yes, it's changing. Yes, it's changing now. So there's more people having it. Don't mm. you find more people are having it later? But some people are still having having kids earlier. So it's you know, I think it's it, in a way for me, it still fuels what my passion is of being the best version of myself, you know, that, that I want to have the energy until I'm way old in my life. And I want to take good care of myself and, and be there for them in my fully present, healthy state. And I think everyone has their own parenting story and it is what they need to be. And they will learn in their process to surrender to whatever that is for them. Don't you find? Yeah. But in our society, it's still there when you actually, you know, thinking about this pregnancy in an older age, you know, they, they feel that it's like not secure or you'll have issues with your baby. So it's yeah. still there in our society. Yes, absolutely. I agree yeah. on that point. Yes. Yeah, it is. And and yeah, my, my pregnancies were, were good, you know, and, and it's such an, it's, it's another example of how we can also listen to our own innate wisdom of how we're going through what we're going through and we still need the support of other people and the however we choose to birth our babies of of support you know we need we need that and it's listening to our own wisdom amidst that too all right making making a, a birth by special opening really special um is possible Wendy, since you are also a nutritionist and researched about healthy food, which is very important for kids, for their body and mind. So what do you think? How much nutritional food plays an important role in kids' development? If you can just share that. Oh, sure. Sure. This I know this is such a beautiful passion of yours that you share. So lovely. I, I love all the different things that you share and your just all the things that you make. It's so fun and to listen to and to really experience with you. And and I love that you have an innate understanding too and sharing it with your listeners too, that it's true. I mean, there is so much information. Thank you. There. Yeah. So you love my podcast? Yes, it's oh. wonderful. It's wonderful. And you share so many, so many important things you know and sharing it in a loving way which i think is so so uplifting and enjoyable to listen to and to be a part of so thank you thank you for all of your work that you're doing in the world with it it's great yeah so so yeah and i mean i'm in agreement that of course there's so much information out there about food and my perspective on this is broad so Meaning that as parents, we think about food as a large part of what our kids are influenced by. And there's a balance between the amount of focus on food and some of the, uh, like, 
some some of what can be taught sometimes of like quote cleaning your plate or eat your vegetables or you know if there's quote rules around what's good and bad right. and i think that this is part of you know this is such a big conversation because it's it's really what i share with parents a lot is noticing that part of the quote diet that you're feeding also so there's such a balance between that of how we are doing that and the more that we're making things fun too is a part of it and you know this being said you know i was too i was the mom who made all of all of all of my own food for the kids and i would make frozen cubes of different things and i loved doing that it was fun yeah and you know if it's not fun for a mom then that's okay too because there's still different ways to find a way to to have it work for your family in that you know that might not be your thing and so that's part of what i'm saying the rules of like oh quote to be a good mom i should i should be doing this and i should be doing that but if it feels like pressure or it doesn't feel fun then that's not actually that's part of the energy that you're feeding the child so you're wanting to find what works for each person so having having that ease and you know obviously it's not like this it may not necessarily be a blissful amazing experience every single moment of every day we're not setting this up in a way that it's it's not real because you're always you know we are human we're going to have ups and downs and it but in the overall umbrella educating you know from a place that feels good and for a mom also to feel her own self care around diet is a, is an important piece too so it's that balance again of finding a way of how can i if i'm not if i don't enjoy doing it or making it how can i do it in a way that I'm still providing for them in a in a positive healthy way. True. And you know, it's yeah, so it's you know, it's to be kind to yourself as you're making those choices. So mm-hmm. I think as moms, you know, there's so much comparison and and you know, we look and oh we're you know, we can feel short or we can feel like we're falling short or we're not doing it right or this person's doing that and I'm a you know, I'm working mom in a different way and I don't have time to make that and I want to be with my baby but I can't or you know there's all these different different yeah. things and people need to come you know moms need to really come to those decisions on their own and yet be really kind to themselves about what they are able to do and how can you provide the nutrition for them where you're still choosing nutrient dense foods to feed your child's brain and their body and also modeling that you know for them. So if you as the parent which I know again Soma you do such a wonderful job of talking about these things, you know, if we as parents are modeling, mm-hmm. you know, hey cook with me or hey taste this with me or hey we're you know if you're having similar meal like maybe I remember having like soups and if there was a lot of spice in it, uh certainly uh different spices I know we all, you know, using a lot of spice is fine too but if there were certain things at a certain age that was too spicy i would make it a little less spicy for them still with all of the same ingredients you know so they're they're getting used to having things that look like you that they're they're trying different things and 
you know, if a parent is eating boxed food, but then making fresh food for the baby, the baby's going to want what the parents have. So it's nice to just, you you know, it's nice to have that understanding because it, again, it's an opportunity to say, okay, well, if I'm going to give this to my baby, why wouldn't I give that to myself? Right. Yeah. And why, why don't I do that? You know, and really in a gentle way, looking at, looking at that, like why we, you know, we as moms, we need to create that time for ourselves. So when we're talking about nutrition for babies, we're also really, we're in that, we're in that mix with them. So it's, you know, it's, it's part of it, part of it to look at. And of course, you know, from, from the research part, looking at, you know, there's lots of sound research looking at what a baby eats in the early years, how that helps with their development and their food choices later in life. Also, you know, in terms of of what they're getting for their brain and their body to grow. And I, I have a I have another little funny story. When when I was pregnant uh with our first child Mm-hmm. My husband would joke with me because he would he would sort of say where where did Wendy go because I when I was pregnant I could barely eat vegetables they made me sick oh. and I yeah and I was a huge I loved vegetables and greens so much it was like a main staple in my diet mm-hmm. and what's really interesting is uh, you know though our first is a is a good eater he's not a huge lover of vegetables. Oh. And yeah, and so it's very interesting because, you know, and I'm using this as an example, Soma, because, you know, we are all human and I can speak to this as a new, you know, a dietitian and a coach, right. and, but I'm, I'm really wanting to speak also to the, to the humanness of what we do to ourselves as moms or, you know, we put, there's a lot of pressure at times. And so I remember thinking, you know, to it, like, oh, here I am a parent and I'm a dietitian. And, oh, did I do something wrong? Or maybe I should have, you know, fought through, you know, feeling sick, eating vegetables. Maybe I still should have done that. Was it my fault or, you know, but it's not, you know, these are, they, our kids come in with their own, with their own beingness, you know, their own, their own opportunities for growth, their own way that they are going to be expressing themselves in the world. And so, it's really, you know, to work with those negative ways of thinking and ways that we're hard on ourselves. you know, the more that we can be kind with whatever choices we're making while, you know, being committing to changing it, you know, being committing. If you see things like, wow, I'm eating, you know, maybe there's moms that are listening, they're eating box food and they're wanting to, and they're feeding their kids fresh food, or maybe they're feeding them box food and they don't want to be, but they're really busy and they don't know how to do it otherwise. And to just, there's, you know, to really just be kind with yourself and realize, okay, I can change these different things and just start small of how can I, how can I be non-judgmental and bring some playfulness into this and choose, you know, one thing. If you're, if you're starting with one thing, it can help make it feel less overwhelming. And Rather than it being about, oh, this person's doing that, so I should do it. The shoulds or the someone else telling us what to do. And then we get, you know, resistant or mad or feel bad about ourselves. So, you know, we, we want to, this is such a big question. So I'm taking some time with it because it's, it's 
there's all these different aspects of it and it's all an opportunity to really to stay in that compassion for ourselves and to to commit also to learning and growing through that as well and that it can change with those little steps and with making it fun and you know we do want to give attention to the nutrition for the body mind and spirit of our kids we you know it is it's an important piece oh. and it really is and we can really help them learn good habits and again be the role model for them by having the joy around it and if we don't have joy around it finding little things that we can have joy around it because you know really food is something that we do regularly you know it's some it's a regular part of our day-to-day lives so you know one example i have too is is if you if you're a mom who's breastfeeding mhm and the mom's diet is is important to give the baby what they need through Absolutely. the mom Absolutely. Yes, you yes. Mm. It's really it's so so working as a as a mama if that hasn't been something that you've done before, you know, to just start start, you know, just saying, okay, well, how how can I get curious about bringing in a more balanced diet with some clean proteins and vegetables and fruits and starches and all the different food groups that are wholesome and full of nutrients you know how can i give that to myself in addition to my baby right. you know and just get curious about it and see what answers arise you know just just see and and be again the gentleness instead of like oh i'm doing this wrong or i'm not i'm not doing right by my baby or i'm you know or or all these different things that that can be in the culture to be to talk to yourself in those negative ways that are just not they're not helpful and so is it helpful to go through some of the different ages like to just speak a little bit about you know as as they grow into toddler ages and you want me to speak a little bit more to that too yes absolutely yes please go ahead yes okay, great so So yeah, I mean as as children grow to more toddler ages and they're starting solids, it's this is this is a fun time of exploration for them. Mm. So, you know, they're really they're learning about different textures, they use their tongue differently at that point. So whether they're breastfed or bottle fed, you know, the tongue is is doing different things than what the tongue is able to do when you're having these different textures are starting to have some more solids they thrust it like it's it's using it as a muscle really and they they're having different tastes and they're also having the different parts of the R5 taste sensations so usually breast breastfed you know that's more of a sweet and even if it's uh if they're not breastfed it's more of a sweet but when you're starting the solid foods they're getting all the different tastes so they get to taste the sweet and the salty and the pungent and the sour and the bitter and all of it all of and so, yeah it's mm-hmm. like it's so fun yes. to see their faces like when they ooh they tried something uh-huh. right uh-huh yeah um, it's it's fun and 
this though, it really broadens their palate. True. And yeah. And it also though, and, and, you know, there's more research, but it's important to also recognize that this is affecting their mind also and their bodies. So having that whole experience of tasting these different things, of having the different expressions of using their tongue, it all is, it, it, it's, it's feeding them in so many different ways because giving them that it, it opens them up as they're learning different things. So they're firing and wiring different things. And yeah, so it's super exciting. And the other thing that I would say in this age too is, is, is doing a variety. Like, so after they're experimenting with the individual food first, Mm-hmm. You you know you're making sure that they don't have the allergies or sensitivities, mm. and so for instance, you could start with a with one food, let's say like a banana, yeah, and you can try it for four days or so, and if there's not a reaction, mm-hmm. you can start to add another food, and then you keep doing that, and with the digestion, they can digest more easily the fruits and vegetables. So starting with those first, and then as they grow, they can add some of the heavier foods with, with meats and proteins and different things. And, you know, sometimes it, it happens in different ways based on what you're eating in your family. But no matter how you're doing it, when you have the foods that quote, you know, like pass and they don't have reactions or things like that, then you're combining them together. So you can have the banana mixed with squash or potatoes with peas or different combinations that work alongside what you're already having. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so fun. I know you have fun with, with the food too. And, and (laughs) I did. Yes. My daughter is a, you know, person, she doesn't like eating much. So, you know, it's a challenging for me to introducing new, new foods with a new taste and new look when I, when I uh, offer her on a plate. So first she will, you know, have a glance on it. Like, how does that look? Then the yeah. taste comes. And if it's tasty, she will eat. If it's not yes. tasty and uh, though I wanted to feed her, she will not be able to. And she, she never eats that. So it's a big yeah. challenge for me every time, you know, uh, trying something new. But it's a good thing uh, with a healthy, um, uh, healthy uh, things. If you try something new and if she likes it, it's a win-win for me. <laughs> That's how it is. Yes. yes, exactly. And it's like, it's. I love how you say that because it is, it's about going for the win-wins, you know. And a lot of this, you know, as parents and adults in our adult brain, Mm-hmm. We are, you know, we're wanting, of course, we only want what's best for our children. So, Definitely. you know, we're, we're wanting to give them all of this array of amazingness that we know. And, and we also want to just keep giving them variety and, you know, for them. And, and they, they are going to come to it in their own way. And so sometimes there's, uh, different reasons for that, you know, and they, but it, it's like, it's all an exploratory time during this. So it's learning what, what, where are those win-wins? And even if they're not like, oh, 
well, that's not what I thought, or I want, I want them to eat this instead of that, or I want them, you know, it's like we are, we're growing and changing as, as they're letting us know what's working for them too. Yeah. And, and it's also the opportunity that it's not about one time, like one and done, because just like we experience different things as adults, sometimes we need to be told different things many times in order to kind of get it in our brain, you know, like certainly with, with messages that we get and things, uh, negative messaging, you know, they, they say for every, for every, uh, oh, I don't want to say it wrong, but like, it's hard to, it's hard to overcome the negative. So for every one negative, you need like 30 positives or something like that. So, you know, I'm using that as like an example of, of, of how experiencing things more than once. So if a child doesn't like a certain thing once, you know, okay, that's fine. You circle back, you can try it again with a different, with a different mixture or with a different uh, combination or spice or something to see if maybe in this form they like it, you know, or so, so it's not, so they're used to kind of still seeing it, even if they choose not to eat it, our job is to really offer it to them. Their job is to choose what they're going to eat. And that's really normal and healthy. And we want to, you know, sometimes as parents, of course we want, Oh, are they eating enough? Are we doing it right? Are we, you know, it brings up our own doubts and that's normal too. And to to work with, but you know, sometimes it happens that you know I have seen, uh, you know, sometimes parents they, they don't even offer also uh, you know uh, so many things because they realize that uh, you know as far as you're offering more and more, they will nag more. Kids will nag more, so it's better not to offer more. Whatever is available, let them eat. If they are not eating, let them starve for some time and let they you know, come back by their own when they feel hungry and they'll eat it. I don't know. I, I, uh, some, somehow I am not agree on this point. Um, a few are, yes, definitely. They, they make sure that, you know, things will happen just like that. But for me, I realize that offering from my end to my daughter is my pri- primary duty. Yeah. Let her come back and eat whatever she wants because her soul has that independency to choose whatever she wanted to eat. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it? Am I right or wrong? Yeah. I mean, I think I think it's a I think it's a it's a part of the learning process of what feels good for each person. Yeah. And, but I do feel yes, as children they have an innate understanding of what they want or need and there's so many rules in our in in society of you know how it's supposed to look or what it's supposed to how it's supposed to be done and things and you know there's there's a balance of both offering and boundaries so it's also like you know if you're not wanting to keep the quote kitchen open all day mm-hmm. then there's you know it's it's about teaching the social aspects too of well let's sit down and we have our meals together right. you know and even if it's even if it's just one person in the home if one of the parents is working and uh, whether it's the the mom or the the dad at home uh, right now or both maybe but still one may be not as available but if you know it's like it's about creating those rhythms and rituals uh-huh. so that they're also learning the social the the social aspect 
of food and smiling and having conversation and being together. And it, it becomes less about what's actually being consumed and also about, you know, about the connection. Connection, and, and I think it's about uh, expression also about what they are taking, what they're eating. It's about their yeah. likeness, likeliness, how they how they feel about this food. Expressing yes. that thing is, I think, also uh, very important. Yes, yes, how they feel about it. And, you know, and, and even like what you said, even if it's like, oh, they don't like how it looks or maybe they don't like a texture or maybe mm. they don't like how it's prepared. Mm. And so, you know, if you're offering it different ways or if you're just letting them experience and giving them the space to, to kind of explore it for themselves they're learning and growing in their own way and they'll they'll they will choose the foods that they want to eat and you know and the other piece that I, I'd say so much too is that mm-hmm. if you know sometimes children are not choosing certain foods if they have sensitivities to it oh. they may innately know I don't want that or that'll make my tummy hurt or that now they they aren't necessarily putting those words or those ideas together but they as souls and as these amazing beings they have an understanding like I'll give you an example like my son is a vegetarian oh is it so yes and he has been a vegetarian since early I mean he's never actually eaten meat so He, from a young age, I remember being in the grocery store with him and sometimes he would, he would respond to the smell in the meat area. Oh. Like he would kind of have, you know, a, a, a um, not necessarily gag, but he, he just never, it, it's never been in his essence. Like he just has never been interested in that. Mm. And he you know, as he's grown, he's very tall and he's, um, you know, it's like he, he, and he does sports and things and, you know, but he still, he's just, you know, he's never been interested in it. It's just not of interest to him. Now, you know, we can, we can get into all the different possibilities or reasons for that, but it's like, why make you know there's not a reason to make someone someone that they're not if that's you know if there was a problem with his digestion or he was malnourished or he wasn't getting things that he needed or he was low in iron or he had you know all all these other things you know it's like then you know certainly you want to look in the different things but you're letting them listen to themselves from that young age but you're watching as a parent of You know, so it's sort of balancing out that, you know, is this something that's going on because he has, you know, he needs more and, you know, more enzymes or he needs more something for the digestion of meat, or is this more just his essence and who he is? Yeah, I think that intuition talks and the soul actually is not accepting that. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's such a, it's a, such a rich topic that you know I'm so glad that you talk about on your podcast because there's a lot of different layers to it and and there's also then on top of it our own experiences of food or how we were raised or how we uh experience our own intake or you know all these different things and so it's 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 a it's 
as rich as food is rich, really, to have the conversation about about all of this. It's wonderful. It's just wonderful talking, you know, every aspect of this life of the kids and yeah. uh, their likes, dislikes, and the certain way we have to, you know, accept it. That's that's yeah. really amazing. That's really amazing. Yeah, and you know, and and the uh, the last thing I would say too is is you know, to the more that you are bringing awareness to what can be nutrient dense. So even if, you know, your children for your listeners aren't, you know, even if they're not big eaters, how for the times that they are eating, how can you give them the nutrient dense foods that are going to give them the fuel, both brain, body, energy, spirit, all of it, because really that is a built in immunity. And when we're talking in this time of pandemic and, and, you know, in general, immunity with different things of like being your own um, strength, you know, of looking, you know, we want our kids to be resilient. We want them to grow up knowing who they are and, and being being in, the, in their own, comfortable in their own skin and body and, and being. And so the more that we can can create these rituals and things around that, and having the nutrient density and, and feeding all those different aspects, we are really creating that foundation of, of healthy eating as they move through, you know, and also as they, when we're choosing those foods, also as they grow up out of the toddler and into more school and into, you know, where there's more germs and sniffles and things like that. And, and they're going to get them, of course, and they will have what they need to overcome that when they're when they have that immune rich diet and they have the healthy foods and they have the love around them and they have the the conversation and the the calm and all of those different things so all of those things play a role so Wendy I was going through the details of your book which you have written sweetness without sugar yeah I must say it's a wonderful gift for all mothers so can you please share what inspires you to write this book? Oh, thank you. Yeah, it it was a I didn't know it was going to be a book. So Okay. What happened, yeah, what happened was I so part of my nutrition schooling was at a mm-hmm. school called Bastyr University and they mm-hmm. do uh, naturopathic and nutrition and and lots of other uh, like alternative programs there. And when I went there, I was doing an internship to become a registered dietitian. And when I was there, I took part in an, a, what was called an elimination diet. Okay. And, and where you remove certain common foods that can cause allergies. Oh. And, yeah. And we went through that as part of the, I was curious about it, but as part of the, the what I was learning, I wanted to kind of test it out and see. And so you omit foods for a period of time and then you add them back in. And I was really amazed at how I noticed certain foods affected me when I went through that. And so it was shortly before I started my, to my first, when I first started my practice. So I was getting ready to, you know, finish my schooling and really go out there and I realized that when I had taken some of these things out that my, I, my, my, you know, I still felt my intuition. I was still present and I was still um, able to do what I was doing. 
And I noticed I was a little bit, quote, I call it duller uh, when I when I had certain things that I had. And I noticed the change when I took them out. So for me, I chose to stay off those foods. And of course, I wanted them. Mm -hmm. And what happened was I started craving. And one of my big things, I've always been a a sugar lover um, since I was a little kid. And yeah, and so that was one of the things that I was uh, removing or doing differently. And so what happened was when I started craving, I started just making my own recipes for treats because we would go to potlucks and things. And I didn't, well, I, I, you know, I didn't want to feel like I wasn't able to have it or feel deprived or, you know, kind of also like stand out or be awkward that I wasn't eating anything, you know, just the social aspect of that too. And, and I, I didn't want to be kind of in this negative frame of mind of, oh, you can't have one kind of thing and and all of that. So I would make different things and then I would bring, uh, bring enough for the potluck to share with other people. And people loved what I was bringing. And so the things oh. that I, yeah, so the things that I was off of were gluten and dairy and wheat and, and the, the way my sugar was and different things. So it was a number of different things, but I, I was, they, people were enjoying it. And, and so, you know, cause I kind of thought, oh, I'm going to bring this little thing and my plate will have all these things on it and everyone's going to have all the other stuff. So, but I didn't care because I knew that I was going to have also, you know, something that I could have and that I was also offering something which felt good. So I, you know, I ended up, I, I was going to make this little booklet type of thing for people from what I had gathered and the recipe, you know, with some of the recipes and things. And I ended up starting that and it ended up turning into a little ebook at first. And, and then a year or so later, the book uh, morphed into this 404 page book that it is right now. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, it's it's but I I love the premise of it and I think it it bodes so well with with kids and mom mama mamahood. Um it really is about finding the sweetness within mm-hmm. and yeah, and really honoring that and we do crave all the different things, you know, and and sweetness is one of them. So it's really it's not about not having things. It's you know, I think you know, when we say, oh, I, I shouldn't have this or I shouldn't have that, or it's how can we get it in different ways? And everyone's going to be different with that, but it can really, there's so many different things. And and this is part of what I, what I really feel in the book too, of, you know, it's very, there's so much sugar addiction and there's so much, you know, I, me too, you know, I loved sugar for everything, whether I was happy, sad, and I still do. It's just different in terms of how I, how I have it and what's going on in the, in what I call kind of the behind the scenes. So, you know, if I, if people are having it because they want to dull other feelings or if they're feeling anxious or, and, and so instead of working with their anxiety or being open to sharing or expressing, you know, are they instead just reaching for sugar and, and it's not a good or a bad or a right or a wrong. It's it, you know, for, for me, it's, it's, I didn't, 
I wanted to be more authentic in what was happening. And I still, to this day, love sweets. So it's, it's not about being done with it or, or, you know, not having it in your life and saying, oh, it's either, it's either, you know, this or that. And otherwise I can't have it. It's, it's just working through all those different things. It allows you to, to really be able to be more authentic and, and have, as I say in the book, you know, have your cake and eat it too. Because, because it, yeah, it really, you know, having those things and, and the rituals and, and sweetness is part of our lives. We're meant to receive that. We're meant to receive the sweetness of ourself and of the beauty and the uniqueness that only we can bring. And the same for our children, you know, and we're raising kids to, to feel that for themselves, to know that they can be their own expression yeah. of who they are. And it's, it's part of the, the treat of it all, you know, and it's, yeah, so it's, it's been a fun journey and the uh, recipes are super fun and I made a lot of them. So, you know, they can be done as a busy mom. You know, I remember holding my kids and making it with one hand or doing different things or them helping. And, you know, so it's, it's possible. And there are, you know, some ingredients since it's gluten-free and dairy-free and, so, you know, there are some things that may be new to some of your listeners or some of the sweeteners that are used may be new. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, you know, and, and as you gather those bit by bit, you know, then you have those ingredients and many of the recipes use the same sort of ingredients in many of, in, you know, they're, they're used over and over again in different ways. And, you know, I, I, I am glad that, that it's been nice as you've, as you've reviewed it for yourself. That's fun. That's what I said. It's a lovely gift for the mothers. Yeah. But yeah. in your book, you have emphasized about eating sweets, but without sugar. Since sugar has so many ill effects and can create health issues in the later stage of children. If you can share briefly how continuous consumption of traditional sugar can affect children from an early age. Sure. Yes. And this is something that, of course, I was passionate about. Since too. you have already done the research on it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as, as I've, as I've said a little bit earlier too, I mean, it's the really, we're not getting rid of the craving for sweet because, Mm. it is, you know, it's really, it's one of our, it's one of our five tastes. So it's not something that we're meant to get rid of. It's Mm -hmm. just meant to, to be part of a balance. And I think in all of our cultures, you know, even though we live into, you know, across the world from each other, we, you know, it's so pervasive that sugar in whatever form is equated with fun or it's equated with, you know, a lot of junkier foods and things like that. So the kinds of sugar that we're reaching for can have a different effect on our health. And that's the piece. So, you know, I mean, sugar coming in the form of fruits, it's a different thing than when it's coming as a refined sugar. And yeah. And so it's not about, oh, they can't have, you know, fruits or they can't have, you know, sweet vegetables or things. It's, you know, or even that they can't have, you know, some of the really 
cakes or cookies, what, you know, those different things, but how can we do that? Or how can we teach that from them to feel that and experience it in their body and right. also to, to have it be, uh, because, you know, they are going to grow up and they're, you know, they're going to try the cake with, I remember when our kids tried the cake with the blue frosting for the first time. Right. And they had never seen anything like that. You know, they were like, oh my goodness, what is that? And of course it looks so pretty and it looks so, ooh, you know, all of those things, you know, and they ate it and then they didn't finish it. You know, they ate some of it and then they were kind of done. Okay. And so, you know, it's like the more that we can balance that and, and teach teach that the uh the the different effects but also to encourage them to feel that too and depending on their age obviously when they're real little they're you know you're you're not having these kinds of conversations with them mm. but but when you're having the refined sugars it has been shown to lower your immunity it affects the brain it contributes to brain fog so oh. it can really affect concentration and focus so when when they're older older and in the you know, in school or studying, but yeah. even when they're younger and they're affecting, you know, they're playing with their puzzle or they're doing different games or they're building things or, you know, these are just a few things that, that can relate to their development and their ability to be really present in their lives and to, to really have the attention for what you're wanting them to have the attention on as they get older. So their relationships and their schooling and staying well from an immune perspective. And there's really, there's a lot of things that a mom can do uh -huh. to, to, to bring, to bring this, not just the concept, but also bring sweetness in without, without the, yucky effects of the refined sugars so you know the simple things like using dates okay you know, having, yeah like having them plain or even using it as a uh you can soak them in water and make a paste okay and use that in recipes you can use bananas or pears or applesauce in recipes oh nice yeah you can you can make smoothies with sweet fruits combined with other ingredients. So you can, you know, for instance, you can do mango. Yeah. With, you know, or, you know, like even do you, do you make the mango lassies? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Let's see. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, even doing that and adding some greens in there too, you know, adding a little bit of greens in there. Um, so little things that can be not in the lassi per se, but if you make it as a smoothie or, you know, adding a little bit of different things into the, the things that they're having. So you're sort of balancing out all of those different things. And you can do that with smoothies pretty easily. You can do that with muffins. That's a really nice way to have a treat. Yeah, muffin. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and, and then simple things too, like if you're having just other things that are, uh, like pancakes or things like that, if you're looking for ways to do that, that, but, and then just look for maple sugar, pure maple sugar, rather than the kind that has corn syrup or fillers in it. So again, you know, whether you are a mom who's, who's really enjoying being in the kitchen and making things and making muffins, making treats, you know, that 
you know, you you can use some of these examples, but if you're someone who's not really doing that and you're buying other things or you're, you, you don't feel like you have the time for that, you know, there's still a way that you can make a difference with this by choosing ingredients that you're using that don't have the other refined sugars in them, you know, using examples of things to put on your foods that you're buying. Um, another, you know, like another example would be, uh, buying some wild blueberries okay. and heating them up a little bit. And you can have like a, you know, just the, the juice from the blueberries is like, it's so delicious. It's sweet. It's tasty. It's mm. yummy. It's you know, yummy. so there's, yeah, there's all sorts of ways that can be easy. Even if you're not like a, a cook or that you want to, you know, really make a lot of different things. There's ways that you can do it. Yeah, that's us a lot, you know, for the mothers yeah. who are actually going to listen this podcast. Good. Well, I'm so glad. Okay, natural home remedies in India we have been practicing since ages, but you are into energy immune boost, especially for parents and kids, where you give energetic support to clear all sickness and emotions from them. How does that work, Wendy? Well, so I, I first should say too that I'm I'm not a I'm not a doctor. So yeah. I also want to say that. And so what I'm what I'm you know, and I don't take that lightly. So I want to be sure your readers know that. Yeah. And you know, at different times of illness, what what I can say is what I'm offering is yes, it can the energy aspect can really offer different perspectives and different ways that a person, whether it be a parent or a child, um, that is healing through this healing journey that they're having. So whether it's, you know, little, little sniffles or a bug that's moving through, a quote bug that's moving through, mm. or some, you know, something that's happening for them, mm. the immune boost, the immune boosts can help walk them through the journey of that and offer the support and guidance by connecting to their higher selves, to their guides, and to my guides while while we're doing that. And it's really a beautiful thing. It's right. it's an opportunity, yeah, to work with intuition and connect with each person. And I when I'm doing them, I, I combine a variety of different healing work. Okay. That I've studied, uh, whether it's Reiki or emotion code or Akashic record clearing, uh, whether and just my own intuition, uh, and whether it's with with what's happening with moms or the children or in the family unit. So it can be, you know, emotional, like it, instead of it being like a, a quote bug that's like a virus or a bacteria or something like that, which also I can tend to, it, it may also just be more of an emotional realm or some, some part of their development that they're going through in, in sort of a, a spiritual way. And this can be done through zoom, you know, so it's done through, through a distance. Many times I'm offering these and I'm not necessarily even talking to them 
to, okay. you know, in, I'm not having a call with them even. It's their done distance, which also has been of big benefit to the people that I'm working with because especially if we're in different time zones or if we are um, as moms, you know, there's, there's uh, times where we just want to be in our pajamas or we're doing what we're doing yeah. at, when it's at night and we're, you know, cleaning up or we're getting our kids to bed or whatever. And so I'm able really to do it at any time. And moms and parents can just be doing their day-to-day activities and I'm still able to tune in and, and clear what is needing to be cleared and offer suggestions on other things that, you know, if there's remedies or things that may come up that may be helpful of a homeopathic nature or um, sometimes essential oils or uh, different things, not from an internal um, place with the oils necessarily, but even just putting them, you know, if things are being cleared from a certain area, sometimes putting them on the bottom of the feet or different things that come up. So I never exactly know what's going to arise to clear or as suggestions, but it's, it's really a very beautiful process to, to do and tap into. So it's, uh, if that's of, of interest, you know, happy to, to share more with, with people. Essential oil in my daily life, I have been using it and I find it extremely helpful to relax our mind and body. And even you have been recommending parents also to use into, into their daily life to remove toxin from home and family health wellness. How does this help to build a healthy life? If you can explain in detail about this. Sure. Well, it, I know it's so fun, aren't they? Isn't it fun mm. to use? I call them my little goodies, my little jewels. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. so refreshing when you put it at home. Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. And, and, you know, these are the simple ways, really, like what you and I just said of just, you know, having it in your home, because there's so many different ways that they're good in our lives as moms and with children. And it, just as you said, to relax your mind, to relax your body and more. Uh, it really, it does so much. So they can help children learn to ask for what they need. So if you're sharing them and the children see you excited about using them, you know, and you say, oh, I have, you know, mommy has a little pain here. I may, you know, just put a little dab of lavender here or something. You know, the, the, our children are watching different things and they can learn to ask for what they need and try it out and see, oh, does that work for them? Or does that work when their tummy is hurting? Or, you know, they can really step into feeling empowered. It gives them an opportunity to learn about plants and natural remedies for the things that can help support them. So for, you know, both on an emotional or a physical level, and, you know, depending on how old kids are, you want to keep them up because it's not something that, you know, little kids should have. Some of them are more potent or are very strong. So you want to be sure with kids, if they're touching them, they're not then touching their mouth or touching their eyes because some of them can sting. So it's important that they're kept up higher uh, depending on the age of your children. And that being said too, you know, this is kids, they're very, very potent. 
So I don't usually, I don't recommend using them internally. I know some people who use essential oils do use them internally. Um, I believe they're so potent and it's also in a way it's like a homeopathic because they're energetic. And so children can feel that and they connect to so many different parts of our, they connect to the, the you know, the, our olfactory system, our, our nose and our sense of smell and everything is so connected to our health and to the effect on our brains and bodies. And then energetically, you know, they are also connected. So just as you said, you know, isn't it fun to come home and smell it? It's yeah, right. like, when you walk, yeah, it's like when you walk into a home and it smells like oranges or clove or cardamom right. or chocolate cookies, you know, we are like, oh, what smells so good, you know? And lavender, so, eucalyptus, all this are just yes. so refreshing. Yes. And so it brings, you know, it brings a feeling each of the different scents or the smells or it, it, yes. it, it, it calls up that feeling or reminds us. And so when we're bringing it together of feeling at ease when we smell, you know, I mean, some people say for lavender, it's relaxing. Now, you know, it doesn't mean that's, that's part of the beauty of it too, is it doesn't mean that for everyone relaxing will be lavender. Some people don't like the smell of lavender, but when they smell orange, that's peaceful or lemon or, you know, so it's really, it's really teaching your children about how they're, you know, again, with the senses, how they can bring their sense of smell and bring their experience of utilizing them of what that does and how that, how they feel with that. Uh, and and also to to bring comfort, you know, and really bring that that connection for them. So that's all a part of it. And then the other thing that I would say is that you know, if if some of your listeners are interested, you know, if this is piquing their interest and they don't already use them to look to be sure that the ones that you do use are therapeutic grade because many of the ones, at least in the United States that are being sold like in grocery stores and things, they have a lot of fillers and water and alcohols and yucky stuff that are being put in them and chemicals, all sorts of stuff that you really don't want to use uh, in either your diffusing it into your space or certainly not on your body because people can have reactions to those. So you really want to look for the ones that have... I mean, good, the pure one, good one. Yeah, good quality one. Yeah, very good quality one. So that the sourcing from them, that there's integrity with that and that you're you're being sure to, to give the, the that quality to yourself and to your family. All right. And in little amounts, because as I said, children don't need a lot. It's it's very small, small doses. It's lovely listening all this from you. It's it's really empowering, and uh, my super mothers who are going to listen this would have a you know great treat from you. Such a pleasure to do this with you. <laughs> I, I I I love it, and I I hope that they do receive a beautiful treat in in how you're sharing more and more of your gifts through this podcast oh, too. Thank you. Thank you for all this wish. Uh, I wish uh, they will, you know, have this benefit out of it, like whatever we are broadcasting about this details and it's really fruitful for them as well. 
it would be wonderful if you can share a recipe for kids not fully at least small treat for the mothers if you can just share yes well i know that uh we there's there's a lot of different ones and it's hard to choose because I was yeah, trying I to choose which one. Very you know, simple are. something which you can not fully at least little something. Sure, sure. So I think the one that goes along well with what we've spoken about too. There's a number of them, but there's one that I that I have in the book. Um, it's called Bready with quotes because it's Bready banana yeah. brownie. Yeah, lovely. And Yeah, and so it really has a nice combination of being kind of cake brownie like a little bit, but also banana bread like. And it actually all my recipes, you know, I have a kind of a little story blurb about it uh, when I when I write the when I wrote the recipe, I had a little story on the top. And this one was inspired by uh, my aunt on my husband's side. Okay. She makes the best banana bread and when I met my husband and met her I remember having her banana bread and I was like oh my goodness this is so good. And I so I was inspired to make a gluten-free version of it and a version using some other ingredients and that's where it came from and it it's really quite easy you know it it's um some flour gluten-free flour things and it uses banana and you can always add cinnamon if you like that kind of taste along with it you can also right. add uh chocolate chips ones that are fruit fruit sweetened chips or little if if you like carob chips you can use those so it's it's pretty versatile and it's easy to make and you're using the bananas and you know we all know that we want something to do when our bananas when we didn't eat them in time and they're mushy So yeah. it, it's you know we can freeze them for smoothies at that time or we can use them and make banana right. banana ready banana brownies. So you know uh, rather than eating that normal bread if they can make something you know really nice uh, you know uh, adding sweet banana with that you know kids have a great treat on it mothers can easily make it out. Yeah. For their babies yes. Yes yes exactly. So last not the least if you can give us few tips how to use this sugar substitute for the children if you can you know give two three few tips sure sure so there's a number of things that i would recommend as, as substitutes and it depends it would again help on, it would help the mothers to listen and use that in their daily life yeah yeah absolutely So some of the ones that I recommend instead of the refined sugars are using coconut crystals. Okay. Like That's... coconut coconut sugar. Sometimes yeah. they're called coconut crystals and sometimes they're sold as coconut sugar. But oh. you want to check labels too because when you're seeing it you want to be sure that that's all that's in it because sometimes some of the marketers now are doing that but then they're mixing other things in there with it. Mm-hmm. So so looking for that too. Uh, another one is monk fruit sugar. Okay. And again, that's one that you can you can see without added ingredients. Right. Because they're now starting to add other things in there that are not um they're adding sometimes sugar alcohols. Oh. Which, okay. Yeah, so um like erythritol, anything that ends in OL, erythritol okay. um mm-hmm. there's different ones but those are 
uh, sugar alcohols, and they are they don't affect blood sugar, which is why people are using them. But they also can, in higher quantities, cause like abdominal discomfort and a lot of gas or things. And it may not be something that a child, you know, that you're wanting to introduce really. So just the monk fruit, which is just from a plant. There's also one that's, there's a newer one that's actually, um, it's a boca sweet. It's, it's from, uh, from things that, it, it, from the squash. From okay. The kabocha squash. Okay. And so that's one too. That's nice. And then stevia also. But you what want to it? have the stevia. Yes, yeah, stevia. That's a plant and you can buy it in different forms. You want to be sure that you get the one that's from the main plant. Okay. Because uh, again, some of the marketers have used a different part of the plant and then they market it. And I'm not. You know, I'm, I'm not sure why that is. Maybe it's financial or I'm not sure. But you want to be sure to have the stevia side, which is the main part of the plant that the that it's from. And again, that, that it's just that and nothing else in it. And then, you know, the other th- simple things is, is really, like I said, looking for pure maple syrup. So you're not having the ones with corn syrup and, and other things in it. So... You really can use as as a liquid. You know that's a good one. And honey, huh. in small amounts. And if it's a you know more of a local type honey or a manuka honey, it can have a, a beneficial qualities for allergies and things in your local region because the bees that it's being made from are. You know, it's like they're in that environment. So that can be really helpful too. That's an amazing, you know, information you have shared with us, Wendy. I'm really so thankful to you that you have come to my show and shared so many things, which as a mom, I came to know and my listeners will also going to listen this and they will also get benefit out of it. I'm so glad and I hope they do. It's wonderful. Thank you so much for coming uh, in my show, Wendy. I would love to listen to you in future soon. So that we have come to the end of this episode. And please do share this podcast with your friends, your colleagues and all the mothers in your network. I would also like to request all my listeners to please share your thought, views, feedback about today's episode and if you have any topic on which you want me to cover on my podcast please write to me would love to receive your comments i will see you next week till then bye bye